Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Pray, Lord, that this season would be a season of an awakening and understanding adversities, change, transition, things that we're not in control of. And thank God we're not in control of all things. But you are, Lord. And you, Father God, every leaf that falls to the ground, every wind that blows, every drop of rain that falls is within the prescribed direction and commandments of the Most High God. So we pray, Lord, and we thank you for the times in our seasons where the storms are raging. We give you thanks when the, when the waves are huge. We give you thanks when adversity is strong when affliction is, is right on our tails. Father, for we know that you are causing all things to operate for our good, to fashion something in our lives that we would not be able to fashion ourselves, Lord. But you are faithful in bringing these things into our lives to strengthen us and to bring us to the place of worship and thanksgiving and acknowledging that you are omnipotent God above all creation. So bless your word and prosper it in the hearts of your people this morning. Father, we pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, one of the purposes of God for his people is that they might be in a restful place. Isaiah 32, 18 says, my people will live in peaceful dwellings. They will have secure homes and they will be undisturbed places of rest. This is what the heart of God is. He's always calling us to come to him so that we might find rest. We're always running away from him. We're always bringing up new ideas. We have new ways of doing things, and that's why we do not have peaceful habitations. If you ever find yourself in a house with no peace, it's because we're not listening to God. Because God has promised abundant peace for those people that listen and follow. He says they, he would provide secure dwellings. He would provide places. And that's basically what people do in the midst of the storm. You've seen them in our town. Everybody's putting up shutters and everybody's going to buy food. And everybody's moving to secure to stabilize and to find quiet place of rest. We're like little animals scurrying around. You know, we're all nervous. I wonder what's going to happen. I don't know how many times have your parents called you, Krista, because they're up north and they're like, this thing is coming. Are you going to be alone? So here's the thing. In Proverbs 1, we see God calling man to a place of peace. In Proverbs 1, he says, how many times didn't I call you and you didn't listen? Let's read that. Um, in verse um, Proverbs 1, we can start reading in verse 29. Because they did not, they hated my knowledge and did not choose the, full, uh, the fear of the Lord, they would have none of my counsel and they despised every time I called them. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own ways. They're walking in their own counsel and they will be filled with their, their full fancies, turning away from, uh, for the turning away of the simple will be their problem. And the indifference of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Up, up, up ahead a little bit in verse 25 and 26, he says, 
because you disliked all my counsel and would not have none of my rebuke, and I will also laugh at your calamity, and I will mock you when terror comes. Verse 27, when terror comes like Isaac, when terror comes like a storm, and your destruction like a hurricane, when distress and anguish fall upon you. So in this regards, it is important that we would acknowledge that God wants peace in our lives. And his calling out to you and you're calling out to your friends is to bring them back to a place of safety, a place of stillness. Isaiah 25 verse 4 says, For thou hast been a strength to the poor. You have been strong on behalf of the needy when he's going through distress. You've been a refuge from the storm, a shadow in time of heat. When the blast of the terrible one is as a storm against the wall. Um, the Lord wants us to dwell in safe places. Those of us that know the Lord, love the Lord, is because of his peace. In the midst of earthquakes, God is strong. In the midst of floods, God has shown himself strong. In the midst of hailstorms, God has shown himself strong. Mudslides. Uh, Pastor Desmond called me last month that there was a flash flood in Arizona and a two-year-old boy was just taken away with the flash flood. And his parents couldn't do anything about it. His brother, 15-year-old brother was taking care of him, wasn't able to stop that, that flood from just taking that young boy. And they had to go do a funeral uh, a couple of weeks ago because of the situation. These personal tragedies of storms that come in life, the, the tornadoes. About two months ago, the Lord told me, and, and it, was, it was kind of foolish in this regards. The Lord told me, um, there is going to be a great spiritual storms coming and people do not have their shutters up. They're not ready for them. They're out in the field. They're playing. They don't, they don't realize the danger. And, and God wants us to realize what storms are all about. And they're not just a natural phenomenon. They're something that we should really understand. There's not only a lot of the, the physical realm is only a manifestation of what's happening spiritually. And so you need to know that storms exist and not be like an ostrich and stick your head in the ground and say, this is not happening. I'm going to act like it's not here. You better act like it's happening. You better act like it's coming. You better acknowledge its presence and get ready for it. And so along those lines, God wants us to understand that throughout the scriptures, we have seen the manifestation of many storms. Uh, I don't know if you guys recall the first storm. Does anybody recall the first storm upon the earth? Noah's flood, right? Uh, the flood during the times of Noah. What a devastating, catastrophic event that carried away every inhabitant of the earth except one family. And what's the difference between that family and the rest of the families? Does anybody know? The preparations they made for the storm. God had warned everybody that it was coming. God had told everybody that that was going to be a reality. And only one family moved in the direction, like we heard this morning, of obedience. 
of play, finding that place of security, of safe dwell, dwelling, of peace. Um, I'm reminded of the storms that happened in Sodom and Gomorrah when, when sulfur, fire, uh, I don't know if it's volcanic elements that fall from the heavens and just buried the town. Was there a warning? Yes, there was a warning. The angel came in and told Lot, tell your family to flee from the city for judgment is coming. And when he ran to his son-in-laws, you can read it in scriptures, when he ran over to his son-in-laws, he says, hey, God is going to judge the city with the elements of fire. And they begin to mock him. They're like, <laughs> and some people you tell they're headed for destruction and they look at you like if you're exaggerating. So two months ago when the Lord told me that there's going to come strong times of testing and spiritual storms, and he says, and the people are not shuttered up. They're not safe. They're, they're not taking it serious. Um, the devastation is going to be uh, powerful to um, really affect the lives of many people. And so God is not taken by surprise in the midst of these storms. How many say amen? We're surprised. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm a pastor. I'm nervous. I hear about it. Here comes the storm. I'm like, oh, let me get under the piano. I'm scared. Because a storm is unpredictable. A storm is uncontrollable. Uh, last night we were talking with my neighbor. He says, uh, you see, you have that trailer. You better, you better tie it down. I'm like, what do you mean tie it down? Yeah, because that thing is just blow away. And so one of, the, one of the aspects of storm is that it makes us super nervous, super, uh, since we, so much uncertainty in the midst of the storm, that's why the Lord wants us to bowl down. Listen to what it says in Psalm 55, in verse 4. This is David, and you know that he has the expressions of God's heart when it comes to existence and living. He says, my heart was severely pained within me as the terrors of death. Ultimately, you're, you're nervous about the storm because you know that the storm could take you out. And I want to tell you, you might not understand this in the spiritual realm, but those of us that walk in these matters a little bit deeply, we know that you're sitting here now and you'll be blown away in the next second with spiritual storms. You might not appreciate that, but you're going to sit there in a flash flood. And a flash flood means a quick falling of so much water that it, it starts a river and it starts dragging cars. And so these are the elements that are taking place. Uh, one of the things of its unpredictability is that they just happen all of a sudden. So here is David, and he says that terrors of death have, the worries of being dead have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling have come upon me. Horror and fright have overwhelmed me. Verse 6. So I said, I wish that I had wings like a dove, and I would fly away and be at rest. Verse 7. I would wander far away and would lodge myself in a wilderness. Verse 8, I would hurry up to escape and find shelter from the storm, the tempest, the windy storm. Our tendency, and, and it's always on the back of my head, if these storms get too big, I'm going back to 
I'm going to go with Krista's parents. I'm going to go up north. I'm going to fly away. I, I'm going to get out of the realm of the storm. You, I don't, I don't understand these, these men that go out there. They're like, hurricane's coming. Let's go watch it. And they go out there with their raincoats and they're watching the storm. I'm like, that is not what I want to do in the middle of the storm. In the middle of the storm, the tendency of man is to be as far away. And that's a healthy thing. It's a healthy thing not to be around a storm. I remember when I was a young man in junior high and high school, all of a sudden fights would break, break out. I remember one day, uh, it was a, a gathering, it was uh, over here at a local club, and they said, there's a fight going out in the front. So we all ran over there, and we ran to watch the fight, and when we're watching the fight, the guy right in front of me says, oh, he's going to see, and he pulled out a knife, and I said, I'm leaving. <laughs> I ran to the back to where I was. You don't want to run to the storm. You want to run away from the storm. Um, and so that is what David is talking about there in Psalm 55. Now, the Lord says that we're to have encouragement in the midst of these storms. It's not a time to flee. It's a time to prepare for when the storm comes. Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse 24. The very expression the Lord gives us for walking in a spiritual walk the very instruction, he says, Therefore, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, I will like him to a wise man who built his house on a solid foundation, on a rock. Built his house on the rock. He lives on the rock. He, he's there. In verse 25, it says, When the rains descended, verse 25, When the rain descended, that, that's all the stuff that comes from up, up here. And the floods came, the stuff that comes from underneath. And the winds blow, the stuff that comes sideways. So you're getting hit from the top, from the bottom, and from the side. Whenever you're in a place that you feel you're overwhelmed and you're getting hit from every which direction, you're in the middle of a storm. And there'll be thoughts that come, you know, from, from heaven. There'll be thoughts that come from hell. And there'll be natural arguments that are taking place. You're in a storm. And so Jesus says, when you're in that place, if you listen to my words and do them, you will be on a rock. And it says, they will beat on that house. And it did not fall, for it was on a rock. It was on a solid place. It was in solid instruction. Uh, we'll see what that means. I, I believe that the... the instructions of the Lord for your life, the directions He wants you to, the way He wants you to build will establish you a safe haven, a secure place, a peaceful place of rest. But verse 26 says, but the man who listens to my words, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them is a fool. And he's building his house on a sand. I don't know, do you get like, this bubbly, tickly feeling when somebody talks to you about a sandcastle. Hey, honey, we're going to go build a sandcastle. And you're like, yes, let's go. And you leave with this guy. He's a fool. He's a fool, and you're leaving with him because he hasn't heard the word of the Lord. It's not that easy to build a place to live in. 
He says he builds his life on the sand, his house on the sand. Verse 27, when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and they begin to challenge that house, beat that house, the controversy against your life, it falls. It falls. And it falls with a great crash. It was a great fall. Uh, another verse says, and it becomes great ruins. Ruins is nothing. It's, it's desolate places. There's nothing left. And so here Jesus is talking about a storm. We need to familiarize ourselves with the reality of storms. I remember going through a very strong storm in my life. And I actually looked at the Lord and I said these words. I said, Lord, don't you care? Why, why would you do this? And I want to tell you something, that as soon as I said those words, it reminded me of this passage, and it happens a lot in my life. Luke chapter 8, verse 24. They came and they woke him up and they said, Master, Master, we are about to lose our life. We are about to lose our life, and it doesn't seem that you care. They came to him and woke him up. Master, master, we're dying. And he arose and he rebuked the wind and the raging water. And they ceased and there was calm. But that's the Luke 8 rendition. If you go to the Mark chapter 4, Mark 4.38. says he was in the front of the boat. His head was on a cushion. And they woke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we're about to lose our life? Don't you care that we're in the middle of the storm? Don't you care? In verse 37, it says it was a furious storm. And the furious storm, the great windstorm arose and gave and, and the waves beat into the boat and the boat was already filling and sometimes I, I felt like that in the midst of this trial several years ago. I was like, don't you care? I mean, the boat is, is sinking. I mean, I'm overwhelmed by this process, by this situation. And, and it also brought peace on my life when I asked him, don't you care? Because what's the answer? Duh! Of course he cares. He cares a whole lot. He's really, he's really heart and soul into these affairs to take care of us. And he said, oh, you of, led, of little faith, verse 40. He said to them, why are you so intimidated and fearful? Why are you in a, in a state of fear, intimidated? Why are you letting these storms move you? How is it that you have no faith? So I've learned that in the midst, the Lord loves me. He has the best intentions. He's taking care of me. He's really concerned. But these storms are coming to show me who I am. How weak I am. How uncentered I am. How I'm in the sand. I'm not in a secure place. Because if I'm worried, it's because I've left that strong place of a rock. I'm being moved by the elements. And we're not to be moved by the elements. The tail is not to wag the dog. And so you'll see... Um, 
I love to see, not only we see the disciples there, we see in 2 Corinthians 1, and in verse 8, Paul says, we were in our travels, and a storm broke out, and he says, for we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came to us, we don't go looking for trouble, but it seems to be finding us, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength. We even despaired of life. That's what a storm does. It's way above our capacity to handle. It's way beyond our, the measure for our encasing it. Well, we'll grab Isaac and tell him, you know. No, the storms that come are, are the hand of God. There are situations that arise above our measure. We were... Burdened beyond measure, above our strength. We were in despair, even of life. We didn't even want to take another step in our existence. Verse 9. But he says this. Yes, we had the sentence of death. This situation was going to bring our demise. And the reason why God brought it into our life, so we do not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. The storms are to put greater faith in God. It allows you to seek the things of God that bring more stability, more security, more safety. It allows you to move in a direction that God desires you to move in. And I want to challenge you that had the storm not come, you would have continued to parade like you're Superman. No, you're not. You're puny, you're tiny, and God is big. God is awesome. God is faithful. God is merciful. And so I, I can sit here today and thank God for every storm in life. Because in the midst of these storms, and he continues to say that we put our confidence in God. That's what's happening in the storm. We transfer our trust in the Lord, depending not on ourselves, but God who has the power to do the supernatural. If you don't understand that yet, you'll continue to be filled with fear, with uh, uh, intimidation, with uh, lack, uh, with despair, lack of hope. That's what the difficulties do in your marriage. It does that in your family. It does that with your children. The, the times of stress, the times of difficulty. Thank God for those of us that move when we hear this. Look, oh, there's a storm coming. I'm going to move. It's just a little storm, and you're moving in the right direction. You don't have to sit there and grab that big gust of wind. Like, does somebody know somebody who experienced a gust of wind in the, in the Bible because he was going the wrong way? Jonah. And God caused a great storm to come, to, to come against him. And so there's wise men who... And they walk with God. And then there's the ones that are like. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're going to, they're a sad puppies. They're going to they're gonna suffer huge loss. And so Paul says this. So we don't trust in ourselves, but in God who is able to do the impossible. That's what it says right there. In God, who's able to turn things around in a second. Verse 10, he says, And so therefore, he who delivered us from so great of a loss of death, 
He delivered us in the past. He delivers us now in the present. And in whom we trust will deliver us in the future. So if God is with me, who can be against me? He protects me in the past. I've seen his hand in my life in the past. He's protecting me today. I can see his hand on my life today. I know that he's in charge. And I can face tomorrow because he gives me strength and understanding in these matters. And, and when Paul is saying this, he's not playing games. He says the only reason the Lord led us into this scenario is to show us his character. To show us his nature. In the Message Bible it says like this, we felt like we'd been sentenced to death row. That it was all over for us. And as it turns out, it was the very best thing that could have happened. Because instead of placing our trust in our strength and in our ability and wits to get out of our problems, we were forced to focus on God and trust him totally. And that's not a bad idea because he's a God that does the impossible, raising the dead. He did it in the past. He rescues us from certain doom. And he'll do it again, rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing you and your prayers were a part of this rescue. I don't want you to be in the dark about this either. I can see your faces even now lifted up in praising God for deliverance and rescue in which your prayers played a crucial part of our deliverance. The people of God are going to be out there in the world like lifeguards, like, like men who know the heart of the Father. And what I'm sharing with you today is your message to a lost and dying world. My favorite songs, there were country songs that when I first got saved. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, where would this ship be? You know, that, that, that speaks that we're being tossed to and fro. We're out there in the storm. We're being, uh, and guess what? He's a lighthouse. He's a strong place. He will direct our lives. And so in this regards, if you see your life overwhelmed with tempest, you see the rate of suicide, you see the rate of, of broken families and divorce, runaway children, it's all for the same thing. They're being beat and battered by the storm. Psalm 148 verse 8, David said something even greater about storms. He says, these things fulfill your prescription. It's what the doctor ordered. Hmm, I wonder what Megan needs. I will send a couple of waves that way. A little thunderstorm, a little lightning. He says, it's the fire, the hail, the snow, the clouds, the stormy winds that fulfill his orders. They're prescribed storms. Just like it happened with Noah. Just like it happened with Jonah. Just like it happened with, with the Red Sea parting and the hailstorms of Egypt. All these things. If you read with me Exodus, let me see where that verse is. Exodus. Hmm. Exodus disappeared. Exodus 9.24. This is powerful. Look at the prescribed storms sent over to Egypt to do a great work of God. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail. That fire is lightning. So very heavy that there was none, no storm like this one in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. 
How many have had storms like that in your life? I've never even heard of this one, man. The big whatever. The big, huge storm that God sent into our life to deliver us from the hand of the devil, to deliver our families, to something that was unheard of, unspoken of. It doesn't even make sense that God sends in our direction to deliver us from the hand of Satan, from the plans of the one that wants to destroy us. As Job suffered, and you guys know that what happened in the book of Job, it was the storm that destroyed everything that was going on in his life. Who allowed this storm to come in? Who prescribed it? Who tailored it? Look what it says in Job chapter 1, verse 13. There was a day when Job's sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine at their eldest brother's house on his birthday. They were all there like if nothing. In verse 16 it says, And while he was speaking, there came also another man. He says, Lightning has fallen from the heavens and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed. And I alone have left and have escaped. And as he was still speaking, there came another and, and he says in verse 18, while he was still speaking, there came also another and said, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine at the elder's brother's house and in on him. Verse 19, and suddenly a great wind, a great hurricane, a whirlwind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell and the young people, they are dead. And I alone have come to tell you. Isn't that incredible? In the midst of the storm, in the midst of deep and, and, and crazy prescribed difficulties, things are taking place throughout. You know what Job did in the middle of the storm? Verse 20. He humbled himself. He fell down on the ground and began to worship the Lord. And he says these words in verse 21. Naked I came from my mother, naked I shall return. The Lord has given me and the Lord has taken away. Let his name be glorified forever. Let God be author of his storms. You don't see in the future. You don't see in the past. You don't see in the present. Sometimes our vision is fogged. We don't understand why these things are taking place. God is actually doing something. And it took Job a long time. In verse 22, he says like this. This is very important. In the middle of the storm, God, uh, Job did not sin, nor did he accuse God with doing something unfair. Have you ever done that? I have. Oh, God, I don't deserve this one. <laughs> yeah. That's like telling your dad, I don't deserve a spanking. Yeah, right. I spank my nieces all the time. And they're like, why, uncle? Just in case. Just in case. It's a good thing to, to know that God's hand is upon your life and he's dealing with you in a powerful and mighty way. It brings a sense of security, stability, and rest. He did not charge God with doing something wrong. That's something we all have to work on because in the back of the back of the back of our brain, we're like, this is not fair. Why does he do that? Why does he allow this? Job 38 verses 1 and 2, well into the book of Job, where the same source of his loss and his adversity comes God, and he says, and the Lord answered Job out of the same storm, out of a hurricane. And he begins to speak to him. We're going to become very familiar with adversity, with affliction, 
with things that are taking place in our lives. God wants us to understand and have them speak to us. And the Lord answered Job out of a hurricane. And he says, verse 2, Job, you have no idea what's going on. Who is this who speaks dark counsel that has no knowledge? In verse 22, he says, have you understood that there are treasuries of snow? Have you entered into the treasury of snow? And have you seen the treasury of hail? God has compartments of hurricanes. Hey, Hurricane Isaac, come here. We need to get guys to, to see. He's just calling them out. He, he, from the depository of snow. The major world wars upon the earth have been stopped because of snow. God says, okay, it's getting too hot like that. Major world wars stopped by snow. You do the historical record and research. And so God says, hey, Job, you don't have an idea. I have depositories of snow. I have treasuries of hail. Verse 23. And these I have reserved for time of trouble, for the day of battle, and for wars. Isn't our God awesome? Isn't our God awesome? He has a time of affliction and then he has a time to put out the fire. He has a time to, to stir things up, a time to stir things down. And then he says like this, verse 24, By what way is the light distributed? When, when a lightning bolt goes out, who is the one that determines where it will be diffused? Or the east of wind scattered over the earth. Verse 25, Who prepared a channel for the torrents of rain? For the overflowing water. Who's the one that directs these things? The path of the thunderbolt. It must be the devil. It's my mother-in-law. No, it's not. It causes it to rain. Verse 26, on uninhabited land. I, I think, I'm going to tell you something, what I see here. On a desert where no man lives. What I'm seeing here is whenever God wants to really deal with the land, he sends the elements. It's like this land is getting crusty. This land is getting where it's not producing the fruit. This land is getting difficult. And God starts sending stuff there to make it flourish. That's the whole purpose of God. He deals with it in a manner to make it flourish. And so when we see in verse 27, to satisfy the waste and desolate ground and to cause tender grass to spring forth, start a new crop. Has the rain a father? Who has begotten the drops of dew? Out of whose womb does the ice come? And the frost of heaven, who gives it birth? The water concealed like storm and the face of the deep is frozen. Can you bind these things? You know, they all serve. Um, verse 35, can you send lightning that they may go and say to you, here we are? All these things, verse 36, is to put wisdom in the inward parts and to give understanding to our minds. All these things make us consider. I don't, I don't know about you, but when things are going in my life a little bit turbulent, I sit down and consider, wait, I might be walking the wrong way. I might be talking the wrong way. I might be hanging out with the wrong people. I might not be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. 
And so all these things consider concerning wisdom in my innermost parts often comes, and this is where I tell people all the time, I say, listen, you guys think that I'm just a bright pastor with faithfulness in my heart. You guys don't have a clue how many storms I've gone through, how many difficulties I've weathered that have just beat me back onto the path. And if I start telling you how I came into submission and faithfulness and I'm going. Because I know I I don't want to weather and be upside down and tossed to and fro and lose and and be at the verge of death. Like Paul says, I don't want to walk in that. Jonah chapter one, verse four, he sent out a great wind into the sea and there was a mighty tempest. Love this part. The Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, so to create a mighty tempest. And the ship was broken to pieces. Verse 10, it says, the men were exceedingly scared and said, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them. And they said to him, what shall we do so that the sea may subside and be calm for us? How do we get out of this storm? For the sea has become more and more violent. And Judge said, just take me and throw me into the sea. Nevertheless, the men rode harder. They said, we're not going to go to such drastic extremes. Verse 13, he says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempest, tempestuous, I like that word, against them. You fight the storm, the storm will fight you. And then all of a sudden it says in verse 14, Therefore they cried to the Lord, We beseech you, we beseech you, let us not perish for a man's life and lay upon us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they took Jonah up and cast him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its rage. I want to encourage you this morning as you hear this message that you understand God is always at work. Proverbs 10.25 says, when the hurricane comes in, it's to challenge men. The wicked are removed and the righteous remain in an everlasting foundation. That's what storms do. They, they show the difference between those that are saint and those that are ain't. Those that are saint and those that ain't. They don't have the S. They don't, they don't withstand the storm. Let's read that. Do we get locked out or something? Proverbs 10.25. It's not going to go up there, so I'll read it. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked are no more. But the uncompromisingly righteous have an everlasting foundation and are not moved. You're going to see your friends in life. Where'd they go? I don't know. They weren't. The wicked will be moved through the storms. But the righteous will remain steadfast. In Psalm 83, I want to to read this. Could you please, uh, are we going to be taking a while for that? Psalm 83 says this, verse 15. So pursue and afflict them with your storms. David was already, he already became an expert at storms. He says, Lord, I've learned so much about storms. Now lead your storms after these people. Terrify them with your tornado. Chase them with your hurricane. 
so that their faces will be confronted and they will seek you more and inquire of you and insistently look for your purpose, your direction, your path. Lord, bring those areas in our lives that need to come in the direction that you have for us through your winds, through your whirlwinds, through your difficulties. Bring them to the place. Um, Psalm 107, verse 25, he commands and raises up, Psalm 107, 25, he commands and raises up a stormy wind, which he lifts up the waves of the sea. Those that are on their ships go real high on the wave, woo, and then they go real low, whoa. Their courage melts away because of this season. You know, the storms come so you can transfer your confidence to God. Transfer the ability to God. Transfer the salvation and deliverance and rescue to God. Because we're very proud thinking, I'll take this in my own hands. And he says, no, they will mount up high on these waves and low until their courage melts. They will reel to and fro and stagger like drunk men at all their wits end until their wisdom comes to nothing. Then, verse 28, they will cry upon the Lord and he will bring them out of the distress and he will hush the storm to calm and to gentle whisper so that the waves of the sea are still. Then men will be glad because of the calm and he brings them to a desired haven so that the men would praise and give thanks to the Lord for his wonderful works. Is your storm, are you still raging in the middle of a storm? Are you still trying your best? Or are you going to surrender and say, Lord, I'm going to trust you to bring me to the place of safety, of calm, of peace, serenity? I want to be in that place where I can praise you. And, and one of the things the storm should do in your life, it says, I will never leave the Lord. Never will I even think of walking contrary to his desire. Let's stand this morning, and I hope that today was worth it to come to the house of the Lord under the storm, and I hope that you continue to persevere and that you grab on to the purpose of God for your life and that in the, you would laugh at Isaac. You go, ha, Isaac, ha. You, you, you were brought about just so Pastor Joaquin could bring a message that would settle me in my life. And so as the purposes of God are fulfilled, the storm subsides. It returns to calm. We return to wisdom, to confidence, to strength. We don't lose our peace in the midst of adversity. When the winds are blowing hard, um, it is a time for us to come underneath God's provision of safety, God's obedience. Uh, obey the Lord. Consider Ask God to bring us back to the place. Father, we glorify your name this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you created us and we did not create ourselves. You know all things. All things are in the palm of your hand. You measured out the waters of the oceans in the palm of your hand. You're a great and mighty God. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're the wonderful Counselor. You're the mighty God. You're the everlasting Father. We pray that today, Lord, our hearts might be settled in you. 
that our confidence is in the Lord. We don't have to fret. We don't have to flutter in the midst of difficulty in times of heat waves and kind of cold fronts. Those that abide under the wings of the Almighty God will be steadfastly secure. They will be at rest. They would be at peace. The storms of this life is so that we return to you, Lord. And today, that's what we want to do. We want to have peace even in the midst of the storm. We want to have stability, security, strength, confidence. Many will look at us and ask, why? Why do you have this supernatural provision to be able to sleep in the midst of the storms like Jesus did? To be able to speak to the elements and say, be calm, be still. Father, we pray that you give your people the authority. That they would exercise that authority you have given them. To be able to go into houses and bring your peace in the midst of the storm. And to these marriages that are being rocked to bring peace in the midst of the storm. To these businessmen that are overwhelmed with financial storms and economic tsunamis Lord and bring peace in the midst of the storm we give you thanks for financial difficulties in our lives that are perfecting our stewardship as you entrust us with things we're to listen to you Lord father we know that your word says in Ecclesiastes that he who sows the wind will reap the whirlwind allow us father God to sow seed and not be absent in our ability to wisely choose the best seed and sow it into our marriages, into our families, into the church, into ministry, so that the whirlwind would not come and destroy our harvest and our crops. Destroy the fruit of the vine, Lord, and the figs. Destroy the wheat that you want us to have, Lord. Be glorified in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. We thank you for this day, Lord. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.